Peggy, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm very excited this week as we approach winning the national championship. <laughs> this certainly is a fun time. Let's go back in the history books a little bit. First off, your first experience with South Dakota State, when do you remember learning about SDSU? Oh, I think all of the land-grant universities were, were, were familiar with people who'd been in higher education because the land-grants had such a special mission. And I actually wrote a book because I'd been at two urban universities, and, and I called them the Asphalt Aggies because <laughs> I thought they were picking up some of the really good things that, mm -hmm. that we had learned through the land-grant system were effective for communities and for states and especially for students. So what was it about this place? Why did you want to become a jackrabbit? Well, I didn't know I was going to become a jackrabbit. I didn't know what we were when I interviewed for <laughs> this place. <laughs> so what was it about the campus? What was it about this university that made you want to make the jump? Well, I like I liked being a jackrabbit, though, because I had been a zip and a hoosier. And you ought to try to draw a picture of those. <laughs> So I thought a jackrabbit was real progress. No, it was it was a land grant university. It was a good university. It had the right uh, kinds of programs that students needed, and it had no a smaller population than many of the states. It had students that qualified for these good programs, and that was, that was pretty impressive. When you look back, and it doesn't have to be athletics, we're going to talk about that in depth here in a moment. What are you proudest of about your time as president here? Well, I'm just proud of what an institution it is. I can't take any credit for how it got to be this way, but I wanted to be sure it stayed the way it was. It has a real sense of its own integrity. It has expectations expectations that are high for both faculty and students and staff as, as well and it uh, beyond that everybody here had a purpose uh, someone said to me one day I when I said what a good job she had done and she said well my my family sent me here to make something of myself and I said well this is the place you can get it done there there were a lot of, of attributes First of all, land-grant universities aren't just Aggie schools, as, as some of our competitors would like to accuse us. They essentially, in the beginning, were the strong arts and sciences college, so the students have a, a very solid and excellent academic base, and we had good faculties in all of those areas that students need. And then uh, we had the scientists, ag scientists, are really at cutting edge these years, mm -hmm. and they, we had those kinds of scientists. So I was, I, it was, it's just a good place. Now I didn't know a lot about the winters, <laughs> but I've survived them nicely anyway. <laughs> Would it have made you think twice about it? Is that what you're insinuating? I don't really know, but <laughs> I had a hazardous drive home to Bulga yesterday, and I think I'm, it's just, it's fresh in my mind at the moment. You weren't the only person that had a hazardous drive over the past few weeks, that I assure you of. Let's talk specifically about athletics. What 
made you think that this place could go Division One in athletics? And I ask that because, for those who may not recall, uh, it wasn't the most popular move in the world. You were kind of on an island all by yourself at the beginning, for sure. So why did you think this could be a Division One athletic institution? Well, the president's responsibility in a state university is to provide the best opportunities that exist that you can manage to uh, integrate into the program for your students. Your job is to get the best for the students. And we hadn't had a hard look at athletics for a hundred years. <laughs> I think we've sort of outgrown a lot of things. On the other hand, the the point had come that we were losing students because of our athletic programs. Uh, the really fine students in our state, once I asked why we didn't get that student at SDSU, and they said, because we didn't have a Division One school in the state. Mm -hmm. And I thought, we're, we're cheating our students. We can't, well, it wasn't cheating, but we weren't living up to what our obligations were to students and to the state. Mm -hmm. And to the kind of people we wanted to recruit to teach and be here. So it, it just made sense. And when you looked at it and you realized that all those students that left the state rarely came back, and all those students that were, quote, the best athletes uh, couldn't get the same experience in this state that they could in a neighboring state. And that meant that their families didn't get to see them play as often. They weren't as likely to remain as South Dakotans after they graduated. Lots of reasons why you would want to give them equal opportunities with the, our competitors, and we weren't doing that right then. I have a feeling this is a question that you could answer for days, but the challenge or challenges, what were the biggest ones in trying to convince the naysayers and the people that you had to that first off, not only was this a good idea, but it was the perfect idea, and it's something that needed to be acted upon. Well, I was a little disappointed. I, I after I had cleared the way to to start the discussion, I went to the the Council of Presidents in our Old Northwest Conference mm -hmm. and said, here's our opportunity. If we move as a conference, we were, we'd already lost another team that year. Uh, Morningside had had to pull out for financial reasons. Said, if we go as a conference, mm -hmm. then we can have a lot more say in what our rules are, and we can make them such that everybody can transfer at the same time. So you and wanted the whole North Central Conference to go I together? I wanted the whole North Central Conference to think about doing it. Well, that didn't go over too well. <laughs> uh, there was there was strong opposition from from two or three of the campuses under no circumstances, or, or four, actually, that would they consider that. So I, then that meant if, we, if I was going to do what I thought I should do for our students in our state, if I was going to do my job, I, I was going to have to go it alone. And so that was, that's how it got started. I didn't anticipate as much pushback as we got, but after my first conference with the presidents, the Old North Central, um, I realized it wasn't, that not everybody shared the same 
sense of responsibility for giving your students the best that you can offer them that they can handle uh, was uh, everybody's vision of what should be done with athletics. Uh, we had, we our athletics should be up to par with, should be allowed to be up to par with our academics. The academics were there mm -hmm. and we weren't letting them compete at the level they were capable of competing. So, and I'd had a Division One team before and I had a Division One basketball and I had already found a couple of really good donors for scholarships. So <laughs> I was trying to do my homework at the same time. Am I wrong in saying that the two biggest moments along the way in becoming Division One were number one, getting the approval from the state, and number two then, getting a home for the majority of the schools in a conference at the time, the Mid-Continent, which quickly became the Summit League? Uh, actually, I think the, the, the real pivotal point came uh, after I won the basically the support of our our uh, donor group, the foundation, mm -hmm. and many of whom had been athletes and understood what these were. And also, the next time was when we discovered that a number of the major companies were no longer recruiting at Division II schools because the difference between Division I and Division II had become uh, more marked, and uh, we were clearly a Division One academic school. Everybody knew that, yeah. so it seemed only reasonable and fair to fight to mm -hmm. get the rest of the students in the same situation. All right, let's talk specifically about football a little bit here. Since we're counting down to kick off of the national championship game, when I say the name John Stigelmeyer, what comes to mind outside of a smile to your face? Well, I think that we could use John Stickelmeyer as the model for what intercollegiate coaches should be. He cares about the development of the young men. He cares about honing their skills until they are competitive. He is not afraid to make hard calls in their best interests, and he wants them to be as good as citizens and men as they are football players. Now, where can you get a better coach than that anywhere on the planet? Now, is it true that you had to pull him aside and teach him some of the intricacies of maybe switching up from a run defense to a pass defense? How much of that did you have to do? Uh, absolutely none. <laughs> It would have been a disaster. I was trying to improve us, <laughs> not put somebody who didn't know what she was doing on the field. <laughs> what what sense of pride do you take in seeing that football program? Because there's no secret, Stig and I have talked about it a lot, that they were a, a middle-of-the-road North Central Conference football program. And to see the jump to now a national power in the FCS playing for a second national title in three seasons – you must have a lot of pride in what this football program is accomplishing. I'm not as surprised as everybody else. I knew they could do it. <laughs> and, but I am so proud of all of them because sometimes when schools make the jump, they make the jump thinking that changing will make them a Division One school. We were a Division One mm -hmm. school. We didn't have to replace a single coach. Why would we? They got us here. Why would we want to get different ones? And, but some schools just 
thought maybe if they got into a Division One conference, they they would be better. But it, that's backward. You've got to be Division One, and then it's time to certify that to the rest of the world. And with all of that, you've you've expressed it to some extent, but just to sit back and see what's happened here in the last twenty years in Jackrabbit athletics, you're beaming as I say this. To know that you're going out on a limb for this place was proven correct. Uh, that's got to be a tremendous source of pride. Well, it's it, that part is it. What is the source of pride is the success of all the students and the coaches and the programs. I mean, it's just a joy. I went over to the soccer coaches this fall when I went to a match and said, thanks for making my dreams come true. <laughs> And one thing that, that I think we should acknowledge, too, is is that one of the knocks about how you shouldn't make this move was that South Dakotans wouldn't be able to have these opportunities, that the kids in this state weren't good enough. That was what the naysayers said. And we look at this roster of Jackrabbits today, <laughs> and we see South Dakota natives up and down the list playing huge roles. Absolutely. Well, you, you just needed to look a little more carefully. <laughs> I think people were thinking back on that last hundred years, and they did fine then, but, but we've grown over that time, and we should have, or we should have been ashamed of ourselves. So we've all grown, and they had, and they were so, it, they were such a fine team that they defined themselves. We just opened the doors for them to get to labels. All right, so today, the national championship game here in Frisco, Texas, where are you going to be and what are you wearing? Oh, my goodness, everything blue that I can find in Brookings County. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be there. I had a note from Stig last night and said, I hear you're going to the ball game," And I emailed him back and said, I'd go if I had to walk. <laughs> but I hope it doesn't snow if that comes to be the case. We may have some weather. Hopefully we don't, but it won't be snow. I'll promise you. All uh, right. Peggy, thank you. Oh, well, I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm happy to have a chance to chat about this because I, I am enormously proud of these students. We had a, one of our women's students who don't, doesn't play football, she's too good at basketball, has just won a national award, the only one given in the country, and that's our Maya Sellen. And the same is true. I mean, my daughter called me one day at... She was, oh, I've been here a year or two, maybe three, and said, do you know somebody named Vinatieri? <laughs> and I said, how do you know the name Vinatieri? And she said, well, she lived in Indianapolis, and she said, well, he's pretty good at what he does. I said, of course he is. He's one of the jackrabbits. <laughs> oh.